Warning, this podcast is not safe for work, you've been warned, NSFW. The truth lives. Political Bomb Show, starring Rayshawn Blyden. Welcome to Political Bomb Show, I'm your host Rayshawn Blyden. You can give us a call at 413-728-9380, 413-728-9380, or visit politicalbombshow.cf. You can also send us a message via our message board where other fans and listeners can see your ideas as well. And sometime we will read those on air. Today I'm going to talk about something that's really serious in this society. When I was growing up, yes, bad language, curse words, they were around, but they were shunned upon People were ashamed when they said it. They would, they would apologize for saying it. But these days, you know, people cheer you when you say when you say these type of words. Like that actor, who went on TV and said, "F the president" on national TV, and and you have idiots who actually cheered that because they don't like the president. So today I'm going to go into the origin of curse words where these came from from an English perspective I'm gonna talk about about um, the English perspective of swear words so in English the swear words and curse words tend to have a dramatic rather than a Latin etymology shit has a dramatic root as likely does fuck the more technical alternatives are often Latin in origin, such as defecate or excrete and formicate or even copulate. So profanity, let's talk about profanity. Profanity is socially offensive language. But is it socially offensive anymore? Because everywhere you go, profanity is everywhere. And I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of that. Sometimes I'm human and, and we're not, you know, all humans sin. We're, not, we're far from being perfect. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but when I was growing up, it was not like this. And profanity, it's socially offensive, but is it socially offensive? Because if a actor like Robert De Niro can go on TV and say F Trump and everyone cheer, then what does that make the society? It's not a good thing. So anyway, profanity is socially offensive language, or let's say it's supposed to be socially offensive language, which may also be called swear words, curse words, cuss words, bad language, strong language, offensive language, crude language, Coarse language, foul language, bad words, oath, blasphemy, vulgar language, lewd language, choice words, explicit, expletives, sorry, and the use of such languages is called swearing, cursing, or cussing. So, how do we stray so far? From when I was growing up, having your mouth washed out with soap, if you said such words. 
but now it seems to be the norm. It really seems to be the norm. I don't understand it at all. Now, used in this sense, profanity is subset of language, languages, lexicon that's generally considered to be strong, impolite, rude, or offensive. It can show debasement of someone or something or show intense emotion. And that's very true. I tend to swear when emotions get very high. And usually anger triggers my uh, my um, tirades. Or, you know, if I'm in a drunken state, um, I tend to do it then. So anyway, profanity takes the form of words or verbal expressions that fall into the category of formula, formulaic languages. So, yeah, it's not something that I, that I wish that we never even learn these languages. I really don't because it's it's really it's not a good thing. It's it's really not a good thing at all. I don't think that it should be normal. I don't like the government stepping in. Obviously, I'm for small government. Um, um, and I don't like the government, you know, over abusing their power. But something's got to be done about foul languages, where I feel if you got a ticket for every time you said it. And you had to pay a fine. At least in public, you'd stop saying it, or, or you stop writing it online. I think that'd be a good thing. But uh, some would say that's that would be going against our First Amendment, which would be true in America. So I don't know if anything can be done about it. It's just very frustrating. Very frustrating. So I'm gonna play a clip, and I want you to call me or leave me a message here on Anchor or on my message board and tell me what you think of the clip I'm about to play now. Hey, what do you like to do in your spare time? Talk pictures. Don't tell my mom that, please. <laughs> I'm here. I said I'm going to kick his ass. Oh. <laughs> That's not nice. Is he going to come in here? He's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> She's recording. What the fuck is taking so long? What'd you just say? Fuck it. No, don't say that. Fuck it. Hey. Say hey, Vine. Hey, Vine. Fuck Vine, bitch. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, nigga, bitch? <laughs> what the 
Fuck you, fuck you. Stop, stop. That's not funny. Fuck you. Don't say it again. Real fast. Fuck you, dick ass. Bitch ass. Poe ass. Bitch ass. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Pussy. This pussy is so good. Hey, Stan, how was school? Look, school. What's your report card looking like? Oh, beats for bitchy. Bitch. See, look at the camera. See, I got that fish. I got that motherfucking fish! <laughs> What's more fun than slapping a baby? What? This dick. <laughs> Welcome to after 69. What? This dick. What's the best thing about a bull job? What? This dick. <laughs> Say hello to the camera. Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> I love how people are telling me I'm like two, nine years old. I'm 11, so shut the fuck up. You're not my dad! You also want to hear something! Ugly ass fucking noodle! Fuck you, I don't want no ravioli, nigga. Uh, I don't want it, man. <laughs> fuck! 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 Jared. Fuck! Fuck! Bow down. Where you from, nigga? You shut the fuck up, get your teeth straight! Yeah, I better stop by that dang cursing. Shut the fuck up. Hey! Shut up, you big fucking asshole. Delete all that shit! Delete all that shit! Best play with your piggy! Delete all that shit! Hey, don't touch me, bitch! Uh, what you say? I'm a little fucking tired. What? I'm a little fucking tired. You what? I'm a little fucking tired. What? I'm a little fucking tired. Hey, Livy, what did you say? Fuck you. I love you. No. I love you. No, you bitch. <gasps> That's not nice. Now tell the truth. Did you smile? Did you laugh out loud? Did you find humor in what you just listened to? Obviously, I'm asking a rhetorical question because I know many of you smiled and chuckled and got a kick out of, of the little kids swearing. But it, it's really offensive. It, it's bothersome that the parents didn't, you know, put wash their mouth out with soap or condemn them for saying such things. Some of the parents even laughed. There was only maybe one out of out of many that said not to say that word in a you know in a strong way. But that's the problem. Is you 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 put, you know social media is a positive, but it's also a negative. People put stuff like this, oh, look at my little boy, he said a little curse word. And they, it's not funny. It's not even remotely funny. It's, it's ridiculous that, that, you know, but then again, millennials, as I said in my other past podcast, millennials, they, they didn't really have any good parenting like we did in my generation X. So how could you blame someone? They never knew how to be a parent. They weren't. How would they know how to be a parent if they were never, you know, raised properly? So that's 
that's the thing. You find this funny and it's not funny at all. So anyway, uh, let me just move on because I'm getting really irritated. Actually, let's take a break. What if love had no consequences? What if a simple action could turn into a catalyst? A smile, a handshake, an invitation that led to something big. You're given a choice, routine or change, consistency or temptation. Would you call? And what if that invitation, that handshake, that smile, triggered a rapid cycle of desire disgrace and doubt would you hesitate 75% of teens have sex which will account for 750,000 unplanned pregnancies this year 45% of teen pregnancies end in abortion costing taxpayers nine billion dollars what if the desire the disgrace and the doubt led to something big would you pause and rewind back to that smile, that handshake, that invitation, and stop? It's Tickle Me Emo! Stop! Uh, that hurts me. What? Tickle Me Emo is the tortured, angst-ridden teen cousin of Elmo. And boy, is he sad. But don't take our word for it. Squeeze his hand and let Tickle Me Emo tell you himself with one of 13 pre-recorded emo sayings. If life is so fair, why do roses have thorns? <laughs> No, God. You hear me? No, God. Why don't you giggle and shake and stuff? Oh, he will. Just pull a string. Nobody understands what I'm going through, especially you. Tickle Me Emo is just like a real emo kid. Super sensitive and oh so dramatic. I hate you, too. You're not the only one with issues. Be careful not to leave Tickle Me Emo alone for too long. I hurt myself to feel alive. Tickle Me Emo, available at Hot Topics everywhere. Welcome back to Political Bomb Show, 413-728-9380, politicalbombshow.cf. I had to take a break because it was very bothersome that some people were actually laughing to that clip 
of little children cursing like that. It's not even funny. But let's get back to the show where we're just going down the origin of these bad languages, where they actually came from, and so on. So let's let's uh, talk about the 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 etymology. Etymology. Okay. So the term profane originates from classical Latin profanus. Now I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the words here. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, so I am sorry. I'm apologizing in in advance. So literally, before outside the temple, it carried the meaning of either desecrating what is holy, or with a secular purpose, as early as the 1450s, profanity represented secular indifference to religion or religious figures, while blasphemy was a more offensive attack on religion and religion figures considered sinful and a direct violation of the Ten Commandments. I feel that that is the worst. That is the worst. I work with some people, they actually use the Lord's name in vain all the time, but, I'm, I, you know, he's atheist, actually, and he probably, probably don't even believe in God, and that's why he calls his name in vain. I don't understand. He doesn't believe in him, but he calls his name every two seconds in vain. It's very, very bothersome to me. But anyway, moreover, many Bible verses speak against swearing. Profanities in the original meaning of blasphemous profanity are part of the ancient tradition of the comic cults which laughed and scoffed at the 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 the, the dignity. Example would be from uh I'm not even sure how to pronounce this. But uh, let's see. From the Christ, look ye, it's mere de murde, shit, mother of God. I'm sorry. I've never. I'm not familiar with that, so I'm pretty sure I but butchered that just now. My apologies for that. So anyway, um, let's see. What else do we have? It is just so much. Okay. Now, how it is perceived and the severity. The relative severity of various British profanities as perceived by the public was studied on behalf of the British Broadcasting Standards Communication Commission, the ITC, the BBC, and the Advertising Standards Authority. The results of this jointly commissioned research was published December 2000 in a paper called Delete Expletives and it listed the profanities in order of decreasing the severity of them so if you wanted to look that up you can check that out they also had a similar survey which was carried out in 2009 by New Zealand's Broadcasting Standards Authority and the results were published in March of 2010. In the report called 
what not to swear according to the authority. The findings measured how acceptable the public finds the use of swear words, blasphemies, and other expletives in broadcasting. I'm going to now share um, a clip on someone else's perspective on curse words, and they're going to actually tell you some of the words, and and she's going to tell you what other words you can use instead, and then I'll give you my thoughts on what she said. Swear words are these offensive or bad words that are used in English, especially to express anger or frustration. So many people have this general tendency that when they're angry or when they're mad at someone, they end up using these bad words like, oh fuck or oh shit. Well, we have to stop using that because these are not considered to be good words in English. So in today's lesson, I'm going to help you with some alternatives to the swear words. So let's get started. The very first and the most common swear word that many people, especially teenagers, end up using is the F word. Yes, the F word when you're angry, when you're frustrated, or even when you're just not doing anything, but you are so used to swearing that you end up using the F word for anything and everything. Now, if you do so, stop doing that. And if you have that urge of saying the F word, well, take it back and try using these words here. So the alternatives to the F word are fudge. So if you're angry, if you made a mistake, okay, you're writing something and you made a mistake, rather than using the F word, well, try and say, oh, fudge, okay? If you don't want to use the word fudge, you have another option, which is, oh, freak, okay? So maybe you are walking on the road and you see someone crossing the road and he was almost about to bump into a car. So you're going to be like, oh, freak, be careful. Okay. Many people tend to say, oh, yes, they do that. But don't use this word. Try and using the words, oh, fudge or oh, freak. And many people, when they are extremely tired, they say, oh, I am fucking tired. So stop using that fucking word and you can say, I am flippin' tired, right? So even when you watch movies, if the actor mentions any of these words, either there's a beep, 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 or if you look at the subtitles, they would never show any of these words. So let's move on to another word which is commonly used by many people that is shit. Oh shit! Yes, have you heard that before? I'm sure you have. So oh shit, like you break something and you tend, up, tend to say oh shit that's broken. Stop doing that. Instead of the word shit, nobody likes to hear that word. Nobody wants to talk about 
poop, right? So try and using the word shoot. Oh, shoot. Okay, that's how you can use it. Or if you are wanting to use uh, the word shit, try and using a better word for it, which is crap. Oh, crap. Okay, that's how you can use this word. Next one. What the hell? Yes. Have you come across that? Maybe you're at your workplace and someone made a mistake in their presentation and you're like, what the hell? Well, again, it's considered to be quite an offending word. So instead of using the hell word, you can use the word heck. What the heck? Sounds a little better. But yes, try and avoid using the word hell and try to use the word heck. What the heck? Right? Many people also say bloody hell. So better words than bloody hell are bloody heck. Okay? Let's have a look at another word, which is damn. Yes. If you watch a lot of Hollywood films, you might have come across this word. Many people say like, oh, damn, I got to meet this girl tonight. Oh, damn, I'm late. Oh, damn, I have to rush for work. So stop using the word if you are. And instead of using the word damn, you can use oh, dang or oh, darn. Again, if you watch movies and when the actors use the word damn, the subtitles would never show this word. Instead of that word, the subtitles will show the words like dang or darn. Oh, darn. Right? So even if you have to use this word, if you have that urge of using the word damn, try to avoid it because yes, it is considered to be offending and use the word dang or darn. Let's move on to another swear word, which is son of a bitch. Oh, this man, I am so annoyed. He's such a son of a bitch. Do you think that sounds good? No, people are not going to appreciate if you tend to use these words. So better words to express that anger for someone is son of a gun. Whew, son of a gun, this man, he is so annoying. So rather than saying son of a bitch, you're going to use the term son of a gun. All right. Let's move on to some religious swear words. Yes, there are people who have a habit who also use a lot of religious swear words. Uh, many people do not appreciate that. Definitely, people are not going to like using anything related to God, right? So rather than using one of these three swear words, I have some alternators for you. So the first one is, oh my God. Yes, we do have the word God here, but do not use it. Okay, it's considered to be sacred. So rather than saying, oh my God, try to say, my gosh. So someone tells you a bad news. Okay, you don't like it. You feel that it's just terrible. So like human tendency, we tend to say, oh my God, really? So rather than saying, oh my God, really, try to use my gosh or my goodness. They sound a little better and you would not offend anyone. So you got to be very careful when you use these words. So 
try to avoid them as much as you can and try to use the words like my gosh or my goodness. Another term that I have for you is Jesus. Jesus, really you did that? Yes, many people use the word Jesus uh, to swear, which is again not a good habit. So instead of using the word Jesus, you can use words like G's or G's, spelled either way, either with a J or with a G, and pronounced as G's. Yes. So again, you made a mistake. Yes. You can use the word like G's or G's rather than saying Jesus. All right. And then the last term that people use is holy shit what happened to him holy shit he's no more this is another swear word which many people are not gonna like it are not gonna appreciate it so what are the alternatives to this phrase we have for you holy cow so rather than saying holy shit you can say holy cow yeah, that sounds a little better, isn't it? So these are some swear words. There are many more. Be very cautious. Be very careful when you use these words. Please tend to avoid them as much as you can. Now, I pretty much disagree with what she's saying there. Not per se disagreeing because, yes, I guess you can use less offensive words instead of using fuck for instance you said use freak or fudge but in my opinion when someone says what the fudge you know what they mean what the fuck so you're even though you're not saying it out loud in my in my mind you say you're saying it in your mind so out loud you're saying what the fudge but in your head you're saying what the fuck so i feel like it's still a bad thing you just sort of avoid it altogether and just don't say it at all. Don't replace it with a, with a bad word. Just try not to use anything because you still, you still mean it. You're saying what the fudge, like I said, on the outside, but on the inside you're saying what the fuck. So it's not helpful to me. So I completely disagree with her whole premise. I understand that she was trying to, she's trying to do good, but... It's not helpful, in my opinion, because you're still cussing. That's why we have a mind. We'll say things out loud, but at the same time, you can be saying something else in your mind. Like, while I'm saying out loud, loud fudge you, I'm, in my mind, I'm saying actual fuck you. So it's not helpful. I don't agree with her at all. But what do you think? Give me a call, 413-728-9380. 413-728-9380, politicalbombshow.cf. Leave a message there on our message board, and I will read them. But, I, yeah, I don't think that that's very helpful because you're still cussing in your mind. Even though you're saying it, you, 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 you know, you're, um, you're changing the word to something less offensive. But we know what you mean when you say, what the fudge. We know what you're saying. So it, it's not helpful to me, not helpful at all. Okay, so let's talk about uh, some types and the purposes of, of some of these words. So 
According to Steven Pinker, there are five possible functions of swearing, although others like Salmani, I can't pronounce the man's last name, Nadunshan, have reduced it to three major functions. So we're going to go with the five five uh, types. And the first one is abusive swearing, intended to offend, intimidate, or otherwise cause emotional or psychological harm. That's abusive. Then we have catastrophic. I'm sorry, <laughs> cathartic, cathartic swearing. Like I said, I should have rehearsed a little bit more before doing this, but hey, I'm human. Cathartic is swearing used in response to pain or misfortune. That's called cathartic. Let's see, what is the next one here? Dissermistic swearing. It's used to convey that the speaker thinks negatively of the subject matter and to make the listener do the same. That happens a lot in politics, for sure. Empathetic swearing. Intended to draw additional attention to what is considered to be worth paying attention to. And then we have idiomatic swearing, which is used for no other particular purpose but as a sign that the conversation and relationship between speaker and listener is informal. Just like you know, like friends where shooting the you know, where where uh hanging out, chilling. I was gonna say shooting the shit. I'm just so used to to using these verbiage. It's so hard to change, and it's not a good thing. It really isn't a good thing to use these words, and it, it's so common. I didn't even grow up like this, but society changed, and remember in my past video, I did tell you that I adapt, and that's a, that's the curse and the blessing. I adapt to situations. I adapt to my environment. I adapt to different people, and I have adapted and picked up on this bad habit. Of you know that's the downside because I adapt to things so quickly and and that's what happened. I adapted to this abusive culture here in the United States. Not that I'm not from the United States, but the island, the United States Virgin Islands, is not. It was nothing like this. I don't even think it still is. I could be wrong, but if anyone's listening from the Virgin Islands, you could give me a call here four one three seven two eight nine three eight zero and let me know if the culture has changed or just visit politicalbombstore.cf and leave a message there on our message board. So I'm just wondering if the culture has changed all around. I just, I don't know. So so I'm gonna go across the pond now and I don't know the, the words, the curse words, swear words, profanity that they use over there. So which is why I have my next guest who's gonna tell you about the bad language across the pond over there in the British. So, take it away. Here we go. Bastard. Not too bad. Bastard. 
This is a mild swear word. And technically, you are a bastard if, when you were born, your parents were not married. So if your parents were not married, when you were born, you are a bastard. However, these days we don't use it in that context anymore. We simply use the word bastard as a way to insult somebody. You're a bastard. I hate him, he's a bastard. Prick. I don't like this word. Prick is a vulgar term for penis. <gasps> and you would generally call someone a prick. It would be used as a noun. So you'd say to somebody, stop being a prick. Or, I'm not working with him because he's a prick. It means someone who is difficult, someone who you don't like, someone who behaves badly, perhaps. Similar to prick, you may also hear people use the word knob. Again, a word which is a vulgar term for penis and is used as a noun to call someone a knob. He's a prick, he's a knob. Sometimes people will couple this with head. So you might hear someone say, stop being a knobhead. You're a knobhead. <sighs> Not very nice. Tosser. Technically, the word tosser means a masturbator. And if you're not sure what the word masturbator means, please look it up in the dictionary. Save me the embarrassment of telling you. Um, technically, tosser is used to describe someone who is despicable. But generally, you would just use it for someone you don't like. He's a tosser. She's a tosser. They're all tossers. This is very similar to the word wanker. Again, wanker means a masturbator. And it's used to describe a despicable person or a person you don't like. Wanker can also be used to mean very drunk. So you could say, Tim last night was wankered after the party. Twat. Now, um, twat technically is a vulgar term for vagina. It can be used as a noun, so you can call someone a twat. I wouldn't use this word. I would avoid it at all costs. I think it's quite harsh. Twat can also be used to mean hit. So if someone hit you, you could say they twatted me. They twatted me right in the nose. You could also use this to mean drunk again. I got twatted yesterday or I don't want to get twatted tonight, but I wouldn't advise using this word. There are many other words you can use to describe these things. So I would avoid using the word twat if I were you. Now the last two words are, in my opinion, the worst words. Okay, so be very, very careful using these. The first one, very common word, fuck. Fuck is used in all sorts of ways. And this is why you're very likely to hear this word when speaking to natives. It can be used as a single expression of anger. So I'm walking along, I stub my toe, ah, fuck. It's just a way of expressing anger, frustration. Um, it could be also an expression of disbelief. <gasps> fuck. Um, it can also be used 
to intensify another word. So we'd normally add ing to this word and say fucking. Um, so you might call someone a fucking idiot. And it's a way to intensify the insult. You fucking idiot. What are you doing? Fucking is also used as a verb to describe the act of making love or having sex, sexual intercourse. So two people can be described as fucking each other. It's not very nice though. Or someone might say, I want to fuck you. But it's such a bad word. Please don't ever say that to anybody because it's horrible. Um, you can use fuck to mean mess around or mess up. So you might say to someone, even in a joking way, <laughs> stop fucking around. Or you might tell them angrily, stop fucking around and hurry up. In the same context, thinking about fuck being mess, you can talk about someone getting fucked up, whether they're drinking or whether they've been beaten up. Um, I was beaten up, so I got fucked up by that man. He fucked me up. You can also use it to tell someone to go away or that you don't want them anywhere near you. You can tell them to fuck off. I've I've finished talking about this now. Fuck off. <laughs> um, it can also mean to be taken advantage of. So you can say, my business partner fucked me over when he signed a business deal without me. Or my, my friend fucked me over and told all my secrets to everybody or something like that. So to, to take advantage of someone, to be fucked over. <laughs> I hate saying that word. The last word, this is my most hated word. I didn't even want to include it in this video, but I have to because it's important that you know about these words. So the word is cunt. The word cunt means technically a woman's vagina. However, it's used as a noun to insult people. So no one would ever use this jokingly. This is a harsh word. And to be called a cunt is horrible. I don't think it's used in any other context. So you know that word now, you know what it means. Please avoid it. It's very unpleasant. There are so many other words in this rich vocabulary that can be used. So let's get rid of that horrible word. Okay, well, I now feel like I want to wash my mouth out with soap. Um, but I do hope that it was beneficial to you. I hope you found it helpful. Remember, I'm not endorsing swearing. I don't think swearing is a good idea, but it is important that you understand every aspect of the language. So many of those words I don't know because I'm not obviously from the UK or I'm not British. I don't, I know some of them like wanker I knew because when I was growing up, I had um, a friend, he was from Birmingham, England, Stephen, 
and he uh, taught me a few words. Then I had a friend. He was from uh, where was he from? I'm not even. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't think he was from London. But anyway, he called me. Uh, called me some words, and I, I came to find out they weren't really the nice words. So I can't even remember them. I kind of blocked them out. So anyway, let's take a break. At this point, mm -hmm. education is the most important mm -hmm. thing in your lives. The successes of tomorrow are built upon the actions of today. It's So anyway, I looked the principal right in the eye and said, all right, quit. <laughs> so he says, I'm going to fail. Ooh. I said, I flunk. <laughs> and then, I give him one of these. Just one question, Mr. Lesworth, one question. Just one question, one question, Mr. Lesworth. Chaz, what are your plans for the future? Education lets you live your dreams, so you don't have to dream your life. Tough it out. Stay in. R E H D O G. Escuchar radio music. Claro, música está disponible en Argentina, Brasil, Colombia, Chile, Costa Rica, República Dominicana, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, México, Nicaragua, Panamá. Внимание, Рейдок, поклонников, моя музыка теперь в звук, которая доступна в настоящее время в России, Украине, Белоруссии, Молдове, Казахстана, Кыргызстана, Таджикистана, Туркменистана. Raydog Music in Italia. Rapsodi offre musica in streaming e download. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word frichen, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely or in-fucking-credible. And as almost every word in a sentence, Fuck the fucking fuckers. 
As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck, as in these examples describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot, dismay, aw oh, fuck it, trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now, aggression, don't fuck with me buddy, difficulty, I don't understand this fucking question, inquiry, who the fuck was that, dissatisfaction, I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you. Welcome back, Political Bomb Show. Four one three seven two eight nine three eight zero Political Bomb Show dot cf. So that little clip that we just played before we came back from the break, I just wanted to illustrate the way how American culture is these days. That's exactly how most of us think. It's just like him. Just like how he ended the clip by saying, fuck you. It's just typical of of, uh, the culture. I bet many of you found some humor in that as well, just like you did with the kids cursing. So yeah, it's a very, uh, very sad society. Very, very sad. So now I'm going to talk about um, bad words. What bad words were in the Bible? That's where we're going to turn our attention to, saving this for the sort of the closing portion of the show. But let's uh, start off with some of these clips from in my in my sound bites, and it's gonna talk about specifically one bad word being sin. Most people assume the Bible has a lot to say about how messed up humans are, and that's true. It's also true that the Bible's vocabulary about this topic sounds odd to modern people, using words like sin, iniquity, or transgression. And so the Bible's perspective on the human condition is often ignored or treated as ancient and backwards. This is really unfortunate. Because through these words, the biblical authors are offering us a deeply profound diagnosis of human nature. Iniquity describes behavior that's crooked, while transgression refers to breaking trust. And sin? This is actually the most common of these bad words in the Bible. So let's focus on it for a few minutes. Sin translates the Hebrew word chata and the Greek word hamartia. The most basic meaning of sin isn't religious at all. Chata simply means to fail or miss the goal. Like when the Israelite tribe of Benjamin trained a small army of slingshot experts, they could sling a stone at a hair and not chata, that is, fail or miss. Or there's a biblical proverb that warns against making hasty decisions because you're likely to chata your way miss your destination. So in the Bible, sin is a failure to fulfill a goal. But what's the goal? Well, on page one of the Bible, we learn that every human is an image of God. 
a sacred being who represents the creator and is worthy of respect. And so in this way of seeing the world, sin is a failure to love God and others by not treating them with the honor they deserve. You can see this idea in the famous code of conduct given to the Israelites, the Ten Commandments. Half of them identify ways you can fail at loving God, and the other half name ways you can fail at loving people. And the fact that both kinds of failure are combined shows that failing to honor God is deeply connected to failing to honor people. This is why in the Bible, sin against people is sin against God. Like when Joseph refuses to sleep with the wife of Potiphar, he says, how could I sin against God? In Joseph's mind, failing to honor a human made in God's image is a failure to love God. And so, sin is a failure to be truly human. But there's more. A fascinating thing about sin in the Bible is that most of the time that people are failing, they either don't know it or even worse, they think they're succeeding. Like when Pharaoh wants to build Egypt's economy and protect national security, in his mind, this justifies enslaving the Israelites. He thinks it's good, and he's totally unaware that it's an epic fail. Or when King Saul is chasing David around the wilderness trying to kill him, he thought he was bringing a criminal to justice until he realizes he's the corrupt one. And he says, I have sinned, I am the failure. So sin is about more than just doing bad things. It describes how we easily deceive ourselves and spin illusions to redefine our bad decisions as good ones. So why are humans such bad judges between moral failure and success? Well, the first appearance of the word sin in the Bible offers an insight. There are these two brothers, Cain and Abel. Their parents had just given in to this beastly temptation to redefine good and evil by their own wisdom, and now Cain is faced with a similar choice. He's jealous and angry that God has favored his brother, and so God warns him, if you don't choose what is good, Chata is crouching at the door, it wants you but you can rule over it. So in these stories, sin or moral failure is depicted as this wild, hungry animal that wants to consume humans. And we know how that story ends. The Bible is trying to tell us that failed human behavior, our tendency towards self-deception, it runs deep. It's rooted in our desires and selfish urges that compel us to act for our own benefit at the expense of others. And it leads to this chain reaction of relational breakdown. This is why in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul describes hamartia as a power or a force that rules humans. In his words, we are slaves to sin. He even says sin lives in us so that the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. So with the word sin, the biblical authors are offering a robust description of the human condition. It's a failure to be humans who fully love God and others. It's our inability to judge whether we're succeeding or failing. And it's that deep, selfish impulse that drives much of our behavior. This is not a pretty picture of ourselves, but if we're honest, it's realistic. This is why in the Bible, the story of Jesus is such good news. He's depicted as the creator become a truly human one who did not fail to love God and others. That is, he did not sin. And yet, he took responsibility for humanity's history of failure. He lived for others and he died for their sins. And he was raised from the dead to offer them the gift of his life that covers for their failures. Or in the words of the apostles, he committed no sin, yet he carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to our sins and live to do what is right. And that's the story behind the biblical word for sin. And that was very informative. We learned that kata, the word sin, 
It's one of the most common bad words in the Bible. But what does it really mean? So he explained what it meant and the concept of the moral failures and so on. So, yeah, he um, pretty much shed some light on that for us. Um, I don't think there's any more I can add to that. But if you disagree or agree, again, you can visit politicalbombshow.cf and let your voice be heard on our message board. Or call us at 413-728-9380 or just leave us a message here on Anchor. All right, so um, let's see. Moving right along. My next clip, he's going gonna, gonna to talk about what does the Bible say about cursing? Because the Bible has quite a bit to say about cursing. And I am not going to throw stones because I definitely do it. But I need to repent against that and try to stop doing it. Because it's very, and like I said, it's an emotional thing, especially anger. Anger sets in and boom. Or even just joking around actually sometimes I'm just joking around with friends and it comes out so that's not a good uh, quality to have it's something that I'm really ashamed of but it's it's definitely a sin to use curse words also called swear words or cussing profanity name it whatever you want to call it and Christians you know should not be using profanity in their conversation with others it's just not a good thing. The Bible clearly condemns cursing. And it's a serious sin against God in our age today. So that's very, very true. And cursing, curse words are unfortunately very common. You have them in song lyrics, full cursing, and average TV show. Even some of my favorite shows like The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, you know, um, what's the other one on HBO that I like a lot that's coming back. I can't even think of the name right now, but you know what I mean. Um, Yeah, there's just bad language everywhere. And um, even in some of my own songs. So, like I said, I'm not free from sin in this. But, and then... Using GD, calling the Lord's name in vain, that's a huge one. But um, I'm just going to let him take it away and and let him school us on why we shouldn't be cursing and what the Bible says against it. Cussing is a common thing in society today. You're going to see this everywhere. If you watch a YouTube video, if you go to uh, the movies, watch television, read a blog post, watch, read social media uh, tweets or whatever, you're going to see cuss words and profanity everywhere. I mean, that has just characterized our modern society. And I'm not that old, but I can remember a time when someone would curse back when I was younger and they would be like, uh, oh, excuse me, or, oh, and you know, that just kind of slipped out. I'm sorry. But now people are completely unapologetic about it. They will just say a curse word and they're like, you don't like the way I talk? Get over it. That's just how people talk. And uh, the fact of the matter is, 
Uh, the Bible condemns it. It is something that a lot of us don't think, you know, what's the big deal? But the Bible uh, warns against this numerous times and it actually considers it a very serious sin. So we're going to take a look at what the Bible says. But before I get into that, I'm just going to say right off the bat that I don't want to be accused of being some little pious Christian boy. I have certainly said my fair share of curse words back in the day. Uh, it's a, it was a sin when I did it. It was wrong. And after I became a Christian and began to get into God's Word, I viewed cursing as God views cursing, which is a filthy, potty mouth sin that you need to repent of because that's just the truth of the matter. All right. So let's get in and see what the Bible has to say about it. The very first thing you're going to notice is there is one curse word you should never, ever, ever use as a Christian or even a non-Christian, and that is to take God's holy name and then use it as a curse word or just even a common word. Out of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, commandment number three was, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. That's the third commandment. In fact, this was so serious to God, and God is so offended when we do that. This is what he said in Leviticus 24, 16. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregation shall certainly stone him. So if you blaspheme God's name or took it in vain, you were put to death in the Old Testament. And a lot of people think that, uh, you know, using God's name in vain is to use the GD word. That certainly is a, a horrific curse word to use, but I'll just point out there's a lot of ways you can take God's name in vain, and a lot of even good Christians will do this. And I'm here to tell you that if you do this, it's a sin and you need to get out of it. Okay, first of all, you'll hear people say this, oh, for Christ's sake, come on. Or they'll say, oh, Jesus Christ, what is he doing? Or Jesus H. Christ, I've heard that one. That's taking Jesus' precious name who died on you for a cross and making a common, stupid word in a stupid sentence that you don't even really need to say. We need to keep Jesus' name precious. And people also say this, OMG in text messages, which is abbreviated for, oh my gosh, or oh my God, or, you know, God forbid, and when you're just being silly and just not really meaning God forbid or whatever. Use God's name when you're talking about it with respect. Use it uh, in an honorable way. Don't use it as a cheap word or a cuss word. Now, the Bible also warns us about using filthy language in a number of passages. I'm going to go through those. But, you know, filthy jokes, dirty jokes, using filthy language. I know that everybody does it, but look, it's wrong. And here's what the Bible has to say about it. In 1 Timothy 6.20, he says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. So Timothy, I mean, Paul is warning Timothy to stay away from profane and vain babblings. In Ephesians 5.4, it says, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. He's saying avoid those things. 2 Timothy 2.16, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And then Colossians 3.8, it says, But now ye also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. He's saying now that you're saved, now that you're Christians, now that you're trying to walk in the Lord, put off that filthy communication. Stop doing it. Now, I've gone over some passages which clearly show us that uh, bad jokes, dirty jokes, filthy communication, curse words, etc., slang words even like dang, dang it. We need to put that off and, and just talk more wholesome, use more words directly that uh, to that reflect what we're trying to say. 
Now, the Bible also warns us numerous times that we need to control our tongue. Now, our tongues are very small muscles, but they're very powerful muscles. And in fact, they are so powerful that they can cause a lot of grief and sin and anguish in our lives if we don't learn to control this little member right here of our bodies. Here's what the Bible says about the tongue. James 3.8, it says, But the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. James 1.26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. In other words, you have someone out here and they're trying to, they're talking about God this, God that, Jesus this, Jesus that, but they just are, their language is characterized by filthy talk and cursing and everything. James says, that kind of religion is vain. It's worthless. It's a trash religion. Get serious about your faith. That's what he's saying. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Psalm 39, 1 says, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with, with, with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Matthew 15, 11, here's what Jesus Christ himself says about it. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Because remember, they asked him about washing the hands and so forth. And he's saying, look, you're not, you don't have to worry about becoming a sinner based on dirty food or dirty hands. It's what comes out of your mouth. That filthy talk, that's what makes you a sinner. That's what he's saying. Matthew 12, 36, it says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, all these little things that you say, these little uh, curse words you rattle off, you're going to give an account to God for that one day. Matthew 5, 22 shows us that your tongue, words you say, can actually put you in danger of hell if you're not saved especially. Listen, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a call shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Rakah, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Leviticus 29, For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. You be put to death for cursing your father and mother. Now, in the New Testament, it's interesting because we have the record of Peter denying Christ, which Christ said that he would deny him. And Peter's like, oh, no, I'll go with you even to death. And then, of course, later on, Peter is, denies Christ three times. And it says in Mark 14, 71, But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. So here you have Peter. It's one of the lowest moments. He, he curses. He curses about this whole event because people are accusing him to know Jesus. He's like, no, I don't know him. Ah, rah, rah, rah. How could you say this? And then, you know, the cock crows and then Jesus turns and looks at Peter. What a horrible look uh, that must have been on Jesus's face. I bet that hurt Peter so bad because he went out weeping. Now, uh, how should we respond if people curse at us? Should we curse back? No, you shouldn't curse back. Here's what Luke 6.28 says. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. In other words, someone curses you, 
Well, bless them. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 15.1, if someone comes to you and they're just cursing you out, you know how a wise person will deal with that? Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Someone comes out cursing you, you get out and cursing their faith, you're just stirring up more anger and there's going to be a fight or some kind of crazy thing take place. Instead, if someone approaches you, they, they're cursing you, biting your head off, best thing to do, just answer softly. Answer softly and sweetly and it'll, it'll kill that anger down quite a bit. So in conclusion, I just want to say that this is a very serious sin against God. Now, what should you do? If you're a Christian and you've been using God's name in vain, you're cursing and it's, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but now you're like, okay, yeah, the scripture clearly condemns it. First of all, I would suggest that you confess this as sin to God. Say, Lord God, I have sinned against you. I realize now that what I've done is wrong. Please forgive me for my sin. I really want to uh, really try to work on this because I realize that this is not behavior you approve of. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Next, I would recommend that you know if you have friends who curse a lot, gently rebuke them in love. But you know you don't need to be hanging around people who constantly just curse. You want to know why? Because you will become your friends eventually. I mean, who you hang around will impact you. The Bible says that uh, bad morals corrupt good behavior. And that's the truth of the matter. If you hang around people that curse all day, it's going to be really hard for you to stop cursing because it's just going to be in your mind and you're going to see it all the time. The same thing goes with music and movies. My wife have made a commitment. You know, we're not going to watch movies that take God's name in vain. We're just not going to do it. And we're very careful now that before we watch a movie, we will check the ratings of parental guides and so forth to see does this have excess cursing in it or does it even take God's name even one time in it? And if so, we're not going to watch it. We don't have time for that trash. And that's what it is. It's trash. They put that curse word there because they hate God and you don't need to watch it. And the same thing with music. I don't care how soothing the beat is, how cool it sounds. If there are songs out there that have cursing in them, this is putting junk in your mind you don't need to have in your mind. And then finally, you really need to make an effort to change. Um, if you have a lifetime habit of cursing, I can assure you that when you repent of it, uh, you're probably going to slip up and say some curse words in your life, and you might uh, be overcome with anger and some incense and curse. It's natural, but it's also sin. You just need to keep confessing it, uh, repenting of that, and then try to uh, pray to the Lord to help you overcome that, and that'll help you. So that's what the Bible says. Thank you so Escuchar Raydog Music, claro, música está disponible en Argentina, Brasil, Colombia, Chile, Costa Rica, República Dominicana, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, México, Nicaragua, Panamá. Внимание, Raydog, поклонников, моя музыка теперь в звук, которая доступна в настоящее время в России, Украине, Беларуси, Молдове, Казахстана, Кыргызстана, Таджикистана, Туркменистана. Raydog Music in Italia. Rapsodi offre musica in streaming e download. Definitely well said. I definitely couldn't put it better myself. Absolutely. That is the gospel. 
revelation.co you can check more of his stuff out if you go on youtube let's get one more perspective on what does the bible say about foul language what does the bible say about bad language you know actually the bible has a lot to say about what we call bad language obscenity and cussing using the name of the lord in vain that kind of thing the Bible has a lot to say about it because God cares about us. God loves us. And what a lot of people aren't in touch with is that when we cuss, when we use foul language, it really, so many times it's an expression of anger, it's an expression of hurt, it's an expression of frustration. Sometimes it's an expression of hopelessness, or in many cases it's just selfishness. And, and God wants us to be so joyful on the inside and so peaceful. Oh sure, life is, is, life is tough. Life isn't always peaceful, life isn't always joyful, but we can be, we can be. And there are other reasons that God doesn't want us to be involved in the, in the foul language. But let's, first of all, we're gonna establish that there are different types of bad language, and let's see what the Bible says. Now the three types of bad language I wanna talk about are what we call obscenity or cussing, uh, the second is using the name of the Lord in vain. And the third is what the Bible would call bad language, which is simply tearing other people down with our language. So let's talk about those. Ephesians chapter 5, and again I want to say, the Bible is very concerned about what comes out of our mouth. So this is just a, a short overview of things. But here's Ephesians chapter 5. God says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. And when we're expressing ourselves in love, then we're not using foul language. And so it goes on to say, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 5 nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You see how the obscenity and the coarse joking are juxtaposed with thanksgiving? If we're thankful to God and we're peaceful in our heart and we're joyful in our heart, and that's where God wants us to be because he loves us, then we're not going to be using a lot of foul language. Now, the NIV here is very clear in using the word obscenity. And there are other versions, for example, the King James Version, that doesn't use the word obscenity, it uses the word filthiness. But in this context, the Greek word is well-translated obscenity. And that's the kind of thing that you might say, I'd, I'd like to check that for myself. I'd, I'd like to see if that's really true. And you can take uh, a good Greek lexicon, here's one I happen to grab off my shelf, uh, we call it BDAG in the scholastic world, Greek-English lexicon. You look up the Greek word, iskrotes, and here's what the lexicon says is the definition. Behavior that flouts social and moral standards, shamefulness, obscenity. So here's God very clearly in the book of Ephesians telling us, look, let's, let's not get involved with obscenity and coarse joking and foolish talking. Let's be thankful, and, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Now, I want to point out something. We're reading a document here, the New Testament, that's 2,000 years old. And that tells us, you know, this idea, 
oh, the, the, the obscenity that we commonly use in our culture. And we're like, wow, it's, it's almost, some people think maybe like we invented it or something. Here's the New Testament, 2,000 years old, and it's telling the people, don't be involved with obscenity. And if you study obscenity, it's kind of a funny subject to study, but if you study the vocabulary that's used in obscenity, it's, it's been the same across the generations, across the years, and across cultures. The, the words really do attack God and God's creation. They're spiritually generated, and by that I mean that the, the words that are cuss words are, are generated out of the spiritual world that hates God. So they're, they're words about what goes on in our body. They're, they're words about our, our sexuality. And you know what? They've never changed. They've never changed. If you go back when Paul here writing Ephesians 2,000 years ago says don't be involved in obscenity, you can go back into the Greek and Latin and find the words that they used for cuss words. <laughs> They're exactly what we're using today. Why? Because it's a spiritual battle. And I'll tell you something else. Talk about the spiritual battle. There's only one proper name that has ever been used as a cuss word. One proper name in all of history, across all culture, that's ever been used as a cuss word. And you know what that name is? Jesus Christ. And there's, there are people that are atheists, Buddhists. There, there are all kinds of people that use the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word. Why? Because the devil hates him. Let's not join into that game. If you're watching this video and you're a Christian, don't come against the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, don't, let's not play in the devil's game. God says to avoid obscenity, let's give it a, a good try and not, not get involved in that. And also, we'll find ourselves a lot more peaceful on the inside. Now, another type of obscenity is using the name of the Lord in vain. And, you know, it's from the King James Version that we got, thou shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That comes from the King James Version. The modern versions are a little different. They say... Don't misuse the name of the Lord, the NIV. That's exactly what it says. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. Or the New Revised Standard Version, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of Yahweh, your God. And I think there's an important lesson here. You see, the name of God and the name of Jesus Christ have power. They, they have genuine power. If you remember the biblical records, if you've ever studied the biblical records, for example, when Peter was going to heal a man in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. See, the name of God and the name of Jesus Christ have genuine spiritual power. And so what the book of Exodus is telling us here in Exodus chapter 20, it, what, it's, what it's commanding us to do is not to misuse the name of God. The name of God has power. We certainly, we, we certainly shouldn't use it against other Christians or against other people. Um, the name of God, when we use it, we should use it to help people and to bless people. So we certainly don't want to use the name of God or the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word and we don't want to use it against people. God holds us accountable for his word, and he tells us don't misuse his name, and, and we shouldn't. And there's a third type of bad language. You know, So we've covered obscenity and cuss words. We've covered misusing the name of God, misusing the name of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a third type of bad language, 
And this comes out of, this is Ephesians also, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, bad language isn't just obscenity and using the name of, of God in vain. Bad language is when we say things that tear each other down. You know, TV's made an entire industry in this, in the sitcoms, where somebody says something or do something very innocent, and then, and then people were poking fun at them, were speaking words that tear them down. And here recently with emails, we have what's called keyboard courage. The things that I'd never say to your face, I will type to you so that you, it's still words. So a third type of bad language that God wants us to avoid is, it says right here, what comes out of our mouth should be for the benefit of others to help them and build them up. And we've got something going on in our culture that's just like, well, well, if I'm feeling it, it's, it's what's real to me. Okay, maybe it is. God says you don't have to say it. We don't have to say everything we feel. God holds us responsible because words have power. Have you been hurt in your life by something that somebody has said? I know I have. Words have power. <laughs> let's, let's obey God in this, in this area, in the area of bad language. I'll tell you what, we'll be more peaceful and more thankful because of it. Our lives will have a lot more joy. God bless you. Thank you very much. This was um, very insightful show, and I'm hoping that I was able to reach some of you out there to let you see that using bad language is not a good thing, whether or not you're a Christian or whatever religion you believe in. Even if you don't believe in a religion, you got to see that Bad language is not a good thing in society. We're better off not using them and not even using words to replace them. Like instead of saying fuck, you say fudge because everyone knows what you mean. So I hope that this was informative to you and sorry for butchering some of the words there. I'll have to do more research, not more research, but uh, more prepping so I could... Uh, enunciate the words more clearly so thank you for listening and try to go about your day without cussing political bombshell okay so uh, tell us about the new book what that that is that based off of fiction non-fiction uh the well no these books are are religious books uh of a of a christian character and the new book that's coming out is a book on the parables in the New Testament. Advertise on our show and help grow your business by visiting advertisecast.com forward slash 3318. That's advertisecast.com forward slash 3318. We will help your business to grow in leaps and bounds. Visit advertisecast.com forward slash 3318. Grow your business today. Advertise on America's exciting radio podcast. AdvertiseCast.com forward slash 3318. That's AdvertiseCast.com forward slash 3318.
Oh, baby, come on, so come on, people, baby.